For tonight's lesson, go ahead and take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Exodus. We're continuing our study of the life of Moses. And tonight, the message is entitled, Moses and the Manna. Moses and the Manna. So go to Exodus chapter 16 and verse 1. Exodus chapter 16 and verse 1 tonight. Exodus chapter 16 and verse 1. Now, just to bring you up to speed, um, we, last week we had a little break. Brother Axler brought a wonderful message on the coming of the Lord. Really appreciate that. And also uh, convicting about being a witness uh, in the day in which we live. And so I, wanna, I do appreciate that. And before that, we were talking about crossing the Red Sea and how God provided for God's children and uh, showed that he was taking care of them. And so we're continuing on the story of the life of Moses, and now we're talking about the manna, another way God provided for his people in their time of need. And what kind of like I said, with the song that we sang, standing on the, rather, uh, the count your many blessings, rather, uh, the idea of learning the power of contentment, being content. Now, all through the wilderness wanderings of God's people, there are lessons for us today, right? There are many lessons, and we're just talking about one of them here tonight. What's the lesson for us? The lesson is, we got to learn to be satisfied with what God gives us. Trusting that God knows what we need even before we realize it. Because God's got a plan. And all, every step of our life, through our Christian life, as we live our life, God's got a provision for us. Someone said this, where God guides, he provides. Where God guides, he provides. And he shows that to Israel so many times, over and over and over again. And this is one time where God is going to provide for them because he is the one. Remember I talked about the pillar of the cloud and the pillar of fire. It led them to the wilderness. Now, God didn't do that by a mistake. He did that on purpose. But God was going to provide for that, and we'll see that. Let me ask you this question today. Would you consider yourself to be a content Christian? Are you a content Christian? Do you have that contentment? Because we're going to find here Israel, they didn't have it. They were far from it. They were rather discontent in their, in, in, in their hearts. And we're going to find out here that God wants us to be content, but we have to learn to be content. It doesn't come automatically. You just don't wake up one day and say, oh, I'm content. Wow, where did that come from? <laughs> no, you got to, Paul said it best, I think, over in Philippians chapter 4, verse, uh, I think it's 11, somewhere he said, I have learned to be content. All right, I've learned to be content. That's a learning process. And that's a place you kind of attain in your walk for Christ. Learning that contentment. 
being satisfied with what God has provided in your life. And that's what we talk about. That's what I'm talking about. Are you that, are you reached that place where you're content as a Christian? And that's what we want to look at here. So I have three levels. We're going to look at three levels of Israel's discontentment. Three levels of their discontentment. The first one here we're going to see is the murmur. The murmur. Notice what it says here in chapter 16 and verse 2. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. (laughs) Someone said this, this is a quote, Complaining is like bad breath. You... You only notice it when it comes out of somebody else's mouth, but not your own. <laughs> you, ever, you ever done that before? That per, you ever said this about somebody, all they do is complain. But somebody's looking at you saying, yeah, that sounds like you. <laughs> all you do is go, let's be honest, right? We're complainers. Israel is not in themselves, the only complainers. We're all complainers. That's just, that's that old nature. That's where it comes from. It's that nature that we have. And uh, we're complaining people. So what can we do about that? Well, we can learn some things from Israel. Letter A in your outline, we see the people were angry. That's usually when we complain, right? We complain when we're angry. When we're dissatisfied, something's not going right. That's usually when I complain. When I get upset with something, well, they weren't any different. They were complaining. They were complaining about the food. They, they were in fear. They could look, you know, they weren't stupid. They entered the wilderness. They could see there's no food here. <laughs> there's nothing to eat here. This is wilderness. You got over 2 million people. Just think of the amount of food you need to feed that many people For one meal, more or less two or three meals every day. It is, it's astounding. It's beyond our comprehension, the amount of food. So they really, you know, they're saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to eat? How are we going to survive all this? And so they complained. They got worried. They were worried about some things. And so because of their worry, they made two mistakes They complained, all right? They complained about, and also the people forgot, all right? They murmured, they complained about Moses. And you know, before we go to forget, uh, that second point, let's go back to the first point again. They were complaining about Moses, but who ultimately, who were they complaining about? It was the Lord. That's how, because that's how God took it. God took it as a complaint about him. Why? Because he chose Moses. He chose Moses to lead the people. So when they're complaining about God's leadership, well, ultimately, the responsibility goes back to God. 
So they're blaming the Lord. And that's what they were doing. So they were angry. They, got, they were complaining. They were murmuring. And then number two, they forgot. What did they forget? Well, they forgot all that God had done for them in the past. What did God do for them? <laughs> a lot of things. He did a lot of things for them. Number one, he brought Moses. He brought Moses back to be their deliverer after he had been absent for 40 years in Midden. He brought him back to be their leader. Not only that, but he sustained them and took care of them while all the Egyptians were suffering through the plagues. They were untouched. God spared them. Not only that, but when they were leaving and Pharaoh was chasing them, God protected them with the light and the pillar of cloud. And they safely got across the Red Sea. God was gracious to those people. God was good to those people. And they forgot all of that. How quickly. Listen, this isn't a year after the fact. This is, this is within days after the fact. All these things happened. And they forgot. There are six warning signs of discontentment. This is not original with me. Someone came up with these, so you say, well, am I a discontented person? Well, let me ask you a few questions. Maybe you can uh, see if you are or not. One sign, do you feel jealous when someone else is promoted? Maybe at work or maybe in the church. Instead of you being promoted, someone else is promoted. Does that bother you? Number two. Are you unhappy when someone else's child excels rather than your own? Does that bother you? Let her see. Or number three, do you resent others when they are recognized in the church? Someone receives some recognition one way or another. Does that bother you? Number four. Do you wish you could change your upbringing? Maybe you think of your past and how you were raised and you think, boy, if I could have just been different. Do you spend time thinking about material things you cannot afford? There's something that you can't, you can't afford, but you want that. You spend time dreaming about that, wanting that. And six, are you envious of the talents of others? You look at somebody and you say, boy, I don't have that talent. I wish I had that. If, if any of these reasons come to your mind and you answer yes to or maybe to some of these, maybe you have to look at your life and your heart and say, maybe I got some discontentment. Maybe I need to do something about that. And why is that important? Because what we need to do is we need to remember. Let's remember, while we may not have some of those things, we still have the Lord and he's still good. He's still good. That's why we sing that song tonight, count your many blessings. All those blessings God's given you, you know he's given them to you and he's blessed you so much. But we forget. Letter B, the people made accusations. 
They made accusations. Notice what they said here in verse 8. And uh, we can go right to the, the latter portion of that, that verse. It says here, your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And I kind of hit on that already, haven't I? That, you know, they were complaining about Moses, but really they were directed towards God because of that. And, you know, when people make accusations, uh, they got to be careful. Because those accusations, what are they based on? Are they based on truth? Or are they based on lies? Are they, maybe they're based on ignorance. They just don't know. So they make an accusation, and they say, well, what about this? Well, you know, if you knew the whole story, you wouldn't do that right. You would know, you would know better. So sometimes accusations are made because of just ignorance. We don't know the whole story. We don't know everything was happening. It appears a certain way, but it's not that way at all, if you understood everything. And, and that's kind of what we see here, don't we? They're making accusations. They're saying, Moses, you've led us here. We're going to starve here. But see, they don't have the whole story because God's got a plan, and God's going to fulfill that plan in your life. That's why when we are in this position ourselves, like Israel. We're afraid. We, we wonder what's God going to do. What Instead of ac accusations, instead of worry and fretting about what could happen, what we need to do is follow the lessons Paul gives to the Thessalonians. Take, keep your place there in Exodus and go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. What should we do when we find ourselves in a position where, well, you know, what's going to happen? How are things going to turn out? What, should I, what are we going to do? Well, notice what it says here. For the Christian, it says this. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice. Be thankful. Be grateful. Rejoice then the next thing, number two, pray without ceasing. Prayer. Go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him for guidance. Number three, in everything, give thanks. Give thanks. Be thankful for what you do have. Instead of always thinking about what you don't have. And that's what we do sometimes, right? We get so focused on what I don't have. You know, if we just took some time to think about what I do have. What has God given me? Let's be thankful and everything give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So this is what God wants you to do. This is the will of God. <laughs> we don't have to wonder, what, what's God's will for me? Right here. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. You can always fall back on this, right? This is the default. You, ever, you know that term in computer language? It goes to the default. You know, it goes back to the, it goes back. Well, whenever you're wondering, you can always go back to the default. This is the default right here. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. And you'll know you're doing the right thing when you don't know what to do. And, we're, and this is what we see here. 
So that's point number one, the murmuring. Let's look at point number two. We see the manna, the manna. Let's go back to Exodus, back to Exodus chapter 16. And let's look at verse 4, the verse 4. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel at even, Then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning, then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for he, hath, for he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that ye murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be, when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to, to the full, for that the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And Moses spake unto Aaron, Say unto, say unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. So here we see the manna. Here's another lesson in the story of the manna of just how good God is on a daily basis. And what we see here, well, they saw God's grace. They saw God's grace. God was gracious to them. He supplied their needs. What was he going to do? He was going to rain down the bread from, from, from heaven, the manna, okay? And that was going to be their supply. In the evening, they would have flesh. In the morning, they would have manna, this bread. So what was God doing? God was supplying their needs. How? On a daily basis. Now, that's, that's, that's important, isn't it? Because that's a lesson for us today. What's the lesson? God's going to supply your needs on a daily basis. Okay? Especially our spiritual needs. When it comes to the, you know, facing some of the difficulties that we face on a daily basis, how are we going to get through that? Well, he's going to give you the grace you need for that day. And then the day's going to come afterwards, and he'll give you that grace for that day. And that's what Paul talked about. And that's what God told him. He says, I'll give you the, the sufficient grace the day that you need it. And that's kind of the principle we see here of the manna. God gave them the manna every day. Okay, except for one day. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But every day, they were to go out and get the manna. And pick it up because God didn't want them to get lazy. See, someone, some of them we have here, I don't have time to read the whole chapter, but some of them said, well, you know what? Uh, I'll just go get enough for two days. And then therefore, I won't have to go out tomorrow. 
So actually, I just have to go three times a week. I can sit back and relax. But that's not what God's will was, was it? The will was, God's will was, you get it today, you eat it, there'll be enough. Then you go out the next day, you eat it, there'll be enough. But what happened when they, they, they hoarded it? Okay, they hoarded it up. It went bad, it spoiled, didn't it? All right, it bred worms and it just it stank. It was, and Moses got very angry about that. Why? Because they disobeyed. They were told to do it every day except for the last day, but it showed that they're disobedience. See their hearts. Even God supplying their needs on a daily basis, they still had that old nature, didn't they? They still had that, that nature. Ah, let's, let's make it a little bit easier. But he, wants us, he wanted them to go out every day, of course, except for the sixth day. All right? Now that was important because on the sixth day, what was going to happen? God was going to miraculously supply enough bread for two days. Why? Because the seventh day goes back to the, the fact of creation, right? Now, at this time, far as we know, there was, you know, the, if the Jews were following the day of rest, the Sabbath, now, it hadn't been commanded yet. Okay, it's not in the Ten, you know, the Ten Commandments are coming. So if they were following in some way that rest that God has, was going to bring out, then God, you know, he, he kind of uh, emphasized it a little bit because they weren't to go out and get the bread. They, weren't to, they were not to go out and get the manna on that day. And so he provided for them the need that was there. The bread that they got was enough for two days. It lasted those days. Now, some of them again showed the hardness of the heart when they went out to get uh, just enough for one day. And they disobeyed. And when they went out on the Sabbath day, it showed the hardness of their hearts, showing there was nothing to get because God didn't give any bread that day. Again, they were, so that's what, it, you know, God said, I want to prove them. Well, they were still a stubborn people. They had a lot to learn about God's grace. They had a lot to learn about God's provision, didn't they? They had to learn to be obedient to the things of God. When God told you to do something, you need to do it the right way. And they're going to learn that as time goes by. But they didn't get it at first. It took some time for them to catch on uh, what was going on. And so that was God's grace. God supplied their needs. And that's the same with us today. God's supplying our needs on a daily basis. And we need to learn to trust him for that and obey him. And then we see, again, we see they saw God's glory. All right, God's glory. Because what did, what did God do? Well, God showed himself. Notice it says here in verse 11, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at evening the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. Okay? But we notice that to show that God was going to provide the needs of his people, from that day forward, 
Notice in verse 10, it says, And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. So when when Aaron told them what to do, the glory of the Lord appeared in that cloud. Saying what? What's that saying to them? It's saying to this, where God leads them. Because that pillar of cloud was going to lead them through the wilderness, right? It was going to be their guide. And so in that was the, God was in that cloud. He was there. His presence was there. So therefore, God, wherever he led them, he would supply their needs. And that's the glory. And you know, that's something that we have to learn in our life. Where God leads you in your life, wherever you go, he's going to supply your need and take care of you, just like he did for Israel. Now, of course, it's not going to be a literal manna coming out of from heaven, uh, but what it will be, all right, it will be spiritually, it will meet your spiritual needs, okay? Whatever needs you have spiritually that you're going through, and also it will be your physical needs. Whatever your need is physically, God will supply that for you in your life. And he'll do that for each and every one of us uh, for that time. So that's the manna. And we learned that from, from this lesson. And then number three, we see the mandates. The mandates. With the blessings come certain requirements. There are requirements uh, for us. And uh, we, we talked about this a little bit already. But what were some of the rules that God gave? Well, God said, again, I'm repeating myself, but God says, pick up enough or only yourself. Don't pick up more than you have to. So you're to gather enough for each person. And there's also, they were to gather enough for each day. And they were to gather extra for the Sabbath. So we talked about that already. So we won't stop there again. So let's continue on. God gave the rewards. God gave the rewards of that. The manna Israel received from the Lord was good was a good source of all their nutritional needs as well as the other blessings such as. So it supplied all their needs. Plus. Okay? So that's what we're saying. It supplied all their it had everything in it to sustain them physically. Plus. What were some of those things? Number 1. It was good in preparation. It was easy. It wasn't that hard. You just had to get it, meet it, bake it, (laughs) and it was good. That's a blessing, right? That's a blessing. That was a blessing to them. It wasn't that hard to do. It was easy in preparation. Number two, this is a real good blessing. It was good tasting. Amen? (laughs) It it tasted good. I mean, God could have gave him something that didn't taste too, you know, because he said, hey, this is what I'm giving you. But God in his graciousness said, hey, this tastes good. It's like honey. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, what was the sweetest substance that they had? It was honey. So they had this wonderful taste, easy to prepare, this wonderful taste. It always tasted good. I'm not sure about this. I will say 
uh, I'm not, I'm just saying what someone said, I've read, but they said that for some people it tasted like honey. And then I heard, I wrote, I read a portion that said for other people it might have had a kind of a sweet and sour, spicy. Now I don't know about that, I, I, but I do know about the honey. The Bible says that, okay? So, uh, but some people think that. I don't know. I can't say that I agree with that or not, but I've read that before. So if that, if, if that was true, you know, me, myself, I like sweet. My wife, she is sweet, but she likes salty. <laughs> so we complement each other, all right? So, but... Uh, you know, people have different tastes, not all the same, but it was good tasting to everybody. Everybody could enjoy it. And that's a blessing. And then a third blessing was it was good till the end of the journey. Meaning this, it was there for them every day for 40 years. They never went hungry. They never got up one day and, oh, it's gone. <laughs> what are we going to? It was always there. That's a blessing. And you know, folks, when you think about that, we have the same thing today, don't we? God supplies for us everything we have, everything God's given us. And it's, it's just, be, it's, it sustains us. Think about this. It sustains us and plus, right? It, God's grace, his blessing sustains us and it's even better than what we deserve. And that's how we got to look at it. It's better. And it's, it's better than anything the world could ever give to us. And we have it from God, and he does it by his grace. And then in conclusion here tonight, take time to remember his faithfulness and to renew our commitment to follow his commands. Because, you know, with the blessings that we have, we need to be obedient, obedient to Christ. And as we follow him and obey him, then he can even continue to bless us and even compound the blessings in our life as we follow him. So let's learn uh, from the story of the manna to be thankful. Learn to be content. Be content with what God's given us. And we don't have to doubt the future because whatever the future leads, wherever God leads us into the future, his grace will be there to sustain us. His supply will be there for us. And we can learn these lessons from Israel. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to come and to just to be together. Lord, may we be encouraged tonight in the blessings of God. Uh, Lord, if we all sat down here tonight and just began to tell and to speak of the blessings, we'd be here for a long time. So, Father, bless us now as we go and to talk about our prayer list to those who are in need. Father, even uh, to be here and to pray for one another is a blessing. So, Father, just uh, help us here tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.